This is Weight Loss with Wendy podcast. I am your host, Wendy Crabb, life and weight loss coach and oncology nurse practitioner. I thought losing weight was impossible, especially over age 50. And it was doing it with the fad diets. I couldn't follow those for very long. Then I stopped dieting and focused on lifestyle changes and mindset by joining a self-coaching program. I lost 55 pounds over one year at age 56, eating real food without feeling hungry and deprived all the time. The goal of this podcast is to inspire you to make healthy changes in how you eat and how you think. Let's dig in. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. What's going on in your world? In my world, I'm enjoying the beautiful fall weather we're having and the weekends and having so much fun talking about my recipe ebook. It's called Healthy Not Hungry, Rescue Recipes for the Holidays and Beyond with 35 ingredient or less meals and tips on getting healthier even during the holidays. The link is in the show notes. It's got a wide variety of recipes, different uh, Asian flair. There's um, Mediterranean, um, Italian, all, all different cuisines. So I hope you love it. Our topic today is about just saying no to starting any new diets. That's right. You heard me correctly. I don't know about you, but I remember being so frustrated and thinking something was wrong with me versus something wrong with the latest fad diet I was trying. Or worse, continuing to do the same thing over and over and going, keep going back to the deprivation and hunger because it's the only thing that moves the needle on the scale, even though it feels horrible. I honestly did not know that low-fat, in eating six small meals a day was no longer the the suggested way to lose weight. There was, of course, keto, high protein, paleo, but I was just done with all of it. It seemed like nothing worked for long. There's another reason to stop dieting, and that is the effect on your health. The deprivation makes you hungrier, eating fewer calories, which slows your metabolism down, and when you go off the diet after a few weeks, you're super hungry and have a slower metabolism, so you gain weight. It's a vicious cycle. Dieting can lead to increased stress hormones, which has a whole other negative cardiovascular health cascade. The Journal of Obesity and Metabolic Syndrome and other science-based journals report conflicting studies about long-term health effects of yo-yo dieting. They also say that repeated dieting has the potential to make you at increased risk for eating disorders, stress and other psychological disorders, obesity, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, cancer, bone fractures, and increased mortality. Now, If you've been a yo-yo dieter, join the club. This is not to make you feel bad. I have have been a yo-yo dieter my entire life until just four years ago. 
I know I had no idea of the long-term potential health effects of going on and off so many diets. I was just trying to get healthier, just like you. When I joined my coaching program that suggested eating less sugar, breads, and pastas, and eating less often with uh, limited snacking, I thought, here we go again. One more thing I won't be able to stick to. But the science behind it made sense to me, and I felt good doing it only halfway. It was also based on a Mediterranean-type diet, which is backed by science as one of the healthiest ways of eating. In fact, a review of the Mediterranean diet by Harvard School of Public Health found the following. Research supports the use of the Mediterranean diet as a healthy eating pattern for the prevention of cardiovascular diseases, increasing lifespan, and healthy aging. And that's what we want more of, right? Healthy aging. When used in conjunction with calorie restriction, the diet may also support healthy weight loss. So in the Mediterranean diet, you do eat more healthy fats. About Instead of uh, less than 30%, you eat about 36 to 40% of healthy fats, which keeps you feeling full longer. So I decided to go all in and eat twice a day, eating plenty of proteins, healthy fats, lots of vegetables, fruits, and whole grains. And I actually lost 12 pounds in one month. And I didn't count calories. I just watched my portion control and ate on a small plate. I was amazed and had more energy without feeling hungry. I also had more time on my hands since I was used to eating all the time. The best part was, is I kept losing slowly and steadily for one year, sticking to the same plan. I didn't go on and off all the time. The weight, the weight loss slowed, of course, as I got within 10 pounds of my goal, but I was okay with that. It gave me an idea of what maintenance would be like. The best part for me was not being hungry all the time and being able to eat my favorite food once a week. Now let's get real about the deprivation part. I did feel a little deprived when others were eating chips or snacks in the evening or my favorite cookies. But there was another part of me that knew that I had already eaten plenty of that type of food in my lifetime. And I didn't need any more. Plus, I knew I wasn't going to feel good eating it. And it wasn't going to be as good as I remembered it anyway. These are some of the thoughts I would tell myself to not be tempted to eat the snack. I did not feel so deprived because I ate my favorite foods once a week. So if I was having a craving for something, I could plan it and have it as a joy eat. I eliminated eating food in the moment in response to a knee-jerk craving, which is huge. And a lot of people think that they're not going to be able to do that. But most of my clients are absolutely amazed at how easily they can leave the nighttime snacking and have it not be a problem. So how did I do that? 
by planning my food in advance and being aware of how my brain worked and how it was normal to want to eat a specific food that was my favorite. But I was able to delay the gratification for my long-term goal. And I was able to do so because I was not eating a lot of sugar and other processed foods, which greatly reduced my desire and cravings. This was huge for me. I trusted myself to follow through for the first time. Now, I wasn't perfect, and sometimes I just said F it, but it was not as often. And when that happened, I forgave myself, learned from it, and moved on. Learning how to delay gratification took time and practice, but it was worth it to me. You may be wondering how I went from feeling hungry and deprived all the time to feeling in control around food. Here's what happened. I got into a routine pretty quickly by writing things down ahead of time, and that made things so much easier. I decreased sugars, breads, and pastas, and processed foods. And of course, I felt bad the initial two weeks by feeling maybe a little uh, headache or lightheaded or extra hungry. But then I felt more energy and with less cravings. When your body is not bouncing from high to low to high blood sugar levels, you have less food cravings because the dopamine receptors and insulin levels have gone from being on steroids to more normal levels and not bouncing around all over the place. So here's what I did. I planned what I ate in advance. I didn't write down tons of stuff. This is what I wrote down. And you can do it. I did it the morning, um, in the morning. Breakfast, coffee with heavy whipping cream. Lunch, plain yogurt, 5% one-third of a large container, so a pretty good amount. Uh, blueberries, uh, half a cup, and a half a cup of walnuts, and some carrots in a bag. Dinner was pork tenderloin, half a sweet potato with butter, if it was big, and broccoli and cauliflower that was roasted with olive oil. And I also had a row of 85% dark chocolate. And I ate on a smaller plate. So my plate was full, but it was a smaller plate. So half the plate was vegetables. A, qu uh, a quarter of the plate was my meat, like the size of the palm of your hand. And then a quarter of the plate was um, the fat or the grain. So I pretty much rotated a few lunches and then had whatever my family was having for dinner and made sure there was lots of vegetables, protein, and fat, which kept me feeling satisfied and so that I didn't feel like I needed to snack. And I used to eat snack every few hours, so it is possible. I had a joy eat once a week or once every other week when I was felt I was at a, my weight was at a standstill like I had a sandwich with really good uh, bread, dessert, pasta, whatever I was craving. I also had a glass of wine uh, one, at least twice a week. You could do the same plan and eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner if you don't want to skip breakfast. 
So you could do this and be successful eating three meals a day. If I was hungry around 10 a.m. or so after not eating breakfast, I would have a quarter cup of almonds a few days a week. If I wanted to have breakfast, I made it a joy eat and had pancakes or waffles with syrup, eggs, and bacon. I also walked five days a week, which helped me with my mindset and stress reduction. I did meditation for 10 minutes when I got home, which helped me reduce stress eating. And I journaled almost every morning for 10 minutes and wrote my goals down every day and reviewed my eating plan for the day. I looked at what obstacles might come up for the week, such as someone's birthday, whether it be cake, dinner out, playing bunco, date night, uh, or you know, you're gonna be home getting late from dinner because you're at somebody's soccer game, whatever it is. And I made a plan for those days, even just to say I would have my joy eat for dessert. I made a decision ahead of time whether I would stay on plan or, or not if there was a party or a family dinner or something like that. I reminded myself it was a choice I was making, which is key. It's always our choice what we put in our mouth. And sometimes that's the only thing we have control over. I didn't need to be spontaneous with my food. Being spontaneous is highly overrated. I could be spontaneous with other things. And I was able to power through and lose 55 pounds over one year. And I kept 45 pounds off for two years. Then the pandemic hit and my primitive brain took over to try to keep me safe. And I found myself snacking and stress eating again. Those old patterns came back. But I did still have tools in my toolbox. I realized what I was doing. I checked in with myself and started planning even more so to keep my awareness up around food. I gained five to 10 pounds during that time and then decided to go back to doing what I knew worked for me. But because I weighed less than I used to, I had to eat less to lose the weight. I did have some mind drama about that, but that was okay because I recognized it for what it was. It was time to get back to basics and it felt good. The other thing that helped me originally was not being in a hurry to get the weight off. A lot of times we're in a big hurry and I let it take a year if it needed to. Bottom line, I don't consider the way I'm eating as a diet. When you call the way you're eating a diet, that means at some point you're going to go off the diet. I like this way of eating. My body feels good and I have more energy. You don't have to do exactly what I did, but this type of eating helped regulate my insulin and hunger hormones so I was able to lose fat and weight. This type of eating especially helps women over 50 who don't have estrogen and progesterone to help them along, so we have to regulate our insulin and hunger hormones instead. The best part of eating this way is not feeling hungry all the time. So what are you willing to do to improve your health and feel great in your body? If you don't know where to start, I can help. Get on a weight loss strategy call with me. The link is in the show notes. You have to start somewhere. The most important part is taking action, 
no matter how small that action is, and doing it every day. Little by little, you'll see a change. The change may be big in the beginning, like it was with me, and then slow down, or it might be a few pounds every week. Either way works. Here are a few quotes that I actually thought were great. This one is hilarious by Irma Bombeck. Those magazine dieting stories always have the testimonial of a woman who wore a dress size that could slip cover New Jersey in one photo and 30 days later looked like a well-dressed thermometer. Uh, that is hilarious to me. And another one by Allison Sweeney. What's wrong with extreme dieting and hardcore fitness plans is that they don't take into account the rest of your life. And that is so true. If you, we have to make this something that we can stick to for the rest of our lives. So that's why you need to stop dieting. Don't forget about my recipe book. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you have a great week.